0: one since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
1: Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous podcast.
0: Strictly Anonymous podcast. Conversations with authors. Op- If you haven't followed me yet on Instagram or Twitter, make sure to follow me at Strict Anonymous. If you want to be on the show, it's called Strictly Anonymous because everybody's voices are changed. Everybody's names are changed. I would hope that people are calling me from fake-ass numbers. I mean, like, I don't really care to even know exactly who the people are that are calling my show. I just want to hear their true stories. And that's what you're going to get here. If you want to talk about your secret naughty life and be on the show, you could either send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. You could go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. Or you could follow me at Instagram or Twitter at strictanonymous and you could DM me there. Just give me a little information about what you want to talk about. This is Fetish Fridays. I'm always looking for people who want to call in who have a specific fetish that they want to talk about. If you have a specific fetish or you just have a secret naughty life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous, you could be on the show. All of that information that I just gave you, like the email and the website and my Instagram or Twitter, at Strict Anonymous, is in the description. I also have a call-in confessions line where you could call in and just leave your confession. There I changed the voices and I air those only on my Patreon as of now. You could do that, but you could also just call into my confessions line and leave a message for me about what you want to talk about on the show, Like kind of like an audition to be on the show. That number is 347-420-3579. That's 347-420-3579. Now, because this is Fetish Fridays, I am going to tell you that on my Patreon, not only can you see picks of all, like mostly all of my female guests, Anonymous picks, sexy picks of them. I also have two specific tiers dedicated to hosers, which are guys who wear pantyhose or anyone with the pantyhose fetish, as well as crossdressers. I have a crossdressing tier and a pantyhose tier over on my Patreon with a lot of exclusive content. I've been doing that for a couple of years, so there's tons of exclusive content. If you have either one of those fetishes over on my Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. You also get all the episodes early and ad-free plus all the anonymous pics of all of my guests. Now, with all that said and done, finally, (laughs) let's talk about who I have on the show today. It is a guy named Janice. Now, Janice called in or wrote in because he wanted to talk about pegging. He's a guy that likes to be pegged. He's also a cisgender guy, which means he's a heterosexual male. And he wanted to call in and talk about Not just pegging, but any kind of anal play from the cisgender perspective, which is him. He's trying to help normalize pegging and break down the stigmas that exist, especially amongst men of color and other men who have had issues with it. We all know that a lot of guys are very anti-anal play, okay? And he's here to say... (laughs) fucking try it. Okay. He talks bigger picture stuff. He's in the kink world. He's into BDSM. He gets deep into all that kind of stuff. He also, like I said, talks about pegging and breaks it down why there's a stigma, where it comes from, and why there shouldn't be one. The pleasurable benefits for it, the physical health benefits for it. He knows about those too. Okay. There are some. <laughs> he also gives you tips on how to go about getting pegged for the first time. But like I said, since this is a very bigger picture, we talk about so many different things. He does give out his felt life at the end because he does want to help other people. So if you want to contact him, you can. He gives his shout out at the end. I'm going to put his FetLife name or username in the description. But on this episode, like I said, he talks all about the kink world, the BDSM, the history of it, pegging, why he's so into it. And like I said, he just really breaks it all down in a super smart way. This is a really interesting conversation. So I'm going to be right back on Janice.
1: This is the Strictly
0: Anonymous Podcast. Uh hi Janice. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. Yourself?
0: I'm good. You're hiding in a car or sitting in a car in a parking lot. I can't tell you how many people do these episodes with me in a car in a parking lot. It's kind of funny. You know?
1: Yeah, biggest. Keeping the prying ears of the world away, I suppose. Yeah,
0: either you know, there people are cheating in cars in a parking lot, or they're talking to me in a parking lot, and those are my two favorite <laughs> things. So that's cool. So Janice, you're here because you want to talk about pegging. You like to talk about pegging. You like to educate people on pegging, and you are a cis male. This is what you want to get across: the fact that straight guys can be into pegging and you'd like to remove that stigma because I true I think for sure there's a big stigma and a lot of guys won't cross that line because they feel like oh it means something you know but you're here to say no and explain a lot more about pegging correct
1: sure that and just yeah, general involvement in the kink community and I'm interested in breaking down sigmas just like you said across the board
0: yeah that's great that's what I like to, that's what I feel like I'm doing here on my show. A lot of times people are, you know, hiding who they are and all that kind of stuff because we still do live in a society where people are very judgmental. But I feel like when you give people the whole story, uh, you realize that these are, you You think people that are in the kink community are doing these kinds of things or these other kinds of people. But if you really listen, they're just like regular people. They could be your neighbor, they could be your boss, they could be your boyfriend, they could be your parents. <laughs> you
1: know? Oftentimes they are your boss, is actually a really. I have a good story about that. Oh, um, my okay. My first experiences back, back way back when, if you want me to go into it.
0: Yeah, let's get um, your experiences and how you got into the kink world.
1: Sure. So it actually happened with my, my first girlfriend. This was before kink was more mainstream, but you know the things we were doing were definitely, definitely kinky. Just didn't call it that and didn't really realize what was going on. We were probably doing things that were way too advanced for our age. That being said, I really like those things. And after her and I kind of split up, I started to seek those things out elsewhere.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: eventually I found a website called FetLife.com, which is essentially the fetish Facebook, if you will, for kinky people, you know, across the world and it connects communities. There's events associated with it, and it's really kind of like the central hub, which I didn't know at the time, but mm-hmm. I found an event through a group called Black Beat out of New Jersey at the time, and as a POC and additionally as a cis male, it was you know particularly important to me to find a community that kind of looked like me and, you know, helped to kind of do that sort of thing so what was the first you
0: letters you used i
1: know
0: i know sis but what did you say as a blah 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 and a blah blah blah
1: POC, person of color
0: oh person of color okay just good mm-hmm. to explain okay so, go on yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: so yeah no problem and that's that's another that's another thing because there's there's stigmas even more so because, stigmas, because of that yeah were, mm-hmm. right yeah, so, like, there's there's the stigma level at the just being a cis male, and then there's the additional stigma of also being a person of color. Yeah, there's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, in any event, I went to that, I went to an event there, and it was my first time in a dungeon in that kind of environment. It was really eye-opening. It was kind of just overwhelming in a lot of ways. And it's interesting because now, so many years later, I act as a dungeon monitor at lifestyle clubs or things like that. You know, you can spot the person who's new with that, like, wide-eyed look about everything that's going on and you get a little nostalgic about you know how I was back then.
0: Yeah, that was so you, that one time. Exactly.
1: So I was there and I saw a bunch of things, some really interesting stuff. And the real highlight was a group of guys called me over and they all had ladies that were really kneeling on the floor to their right, each for each of them. They were kind of sitting in a circle. They kind of, they must've realized that I was I had no idea where I was, or I I must have had. Well, you said
0: you could spot those people out, right? Those first timers—they knew you were. Yeah, you had those eyes.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So they called me over and they started helping me to kind of understand what was going on and the etiquette. And there's a lot of rules and etiquette in, specifically in the BDSM world that are different than the vanilla world, the non-kink world. And it's almost like learning a whole new. Social norm and social etiquette practice, yeah, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, and it's extremely nuanced and it's not super standardized. But there are things that are that tend to you know flow across communities.
0: Give us a couple of the things that you learned that first night, or what? What did they explain to you?
1: They well, for example, they explained to me that BDSM is not really about sex in its purest form. It's about yeah. power exchange. Mm-hmm. That's how it started, and that's how it began. And a lot of the mainstream media interpretations of kink are always in a sexual or almost always in a sexual context yeah but it is actually the vast majority of what goes on in BDSM in terms of play or in scenes which you know are just you know a negotiated thing between two people yeah are actually non-sexual mm-hmm. so the vast majority are not, is non-sexual it's much more about exchange of power now that's not to say that it can't be and it certainly is and it certainly can be an enhancement but that's not what BDSM is at its core. Yeah. And, you know, I have to state this too. Modern BDSM as it exists today, you know, from my understanding, actually evolved out of the leather community, which began as a community of mostly gay men uh-huh. coming out of World War II as a way to sort of identify themselves to each other at a time when it was not
0: oh, safe really?
1: to be out. Yes. So the history of BDSM is actually really interesting. And, and, you know, I'm not a a BDSM historian, but I'm also a member of the leather community and I'm breaking into that. And the more I learn about that, the more I realize that BDSM sort of evolved as a more mainstream practice out of the leather community, which really evolved out of The fact that homosexual men, you know, uh, coming out of World War Two, they sort of, you know, developed that bond with each other. And then after the war was over, it was it developed as a way to help men identify each other without there being that weird social stigma. And, you know, for safety reasons. Yeah. And that's super interesting.
0: I had never knew about that. the website and the email address will all be in the description
1: yep and and what's even more interesting is that now in that community the term dominant and submissive in the BDSM, you know, bondage and sadomasochism or uh, so the DS which is the most common dynamic in the in BDSM, the dominant submissive dynamic mm-hmm. in the leather community, you know, it's it's master slave. That's the it's an MS relationship in the leather mm. community. And that so, and that tends to denote, and while that still exists in the DDSM community today, it means, and again, I'm not the end-all, the-all in all of this, you know, I'm, I'm relatively experienced, but these terms are not set in stone. They mean different things sometimes to different people. So, generally speaking, an MS relationship denotes a higher degree of what a DS relationship is. Generally, in, in you know, in simple parlance, yeah. So you can consider the difference well, of, hey, you know, I practice kink occasionally, right? Or hey, I'm in an actual DS dynamic with someone, which means it's a little bit more of a, what you'd call more of a traditional kind of relationship, except it's more negotiated. And then an MS relationship tends to be, you know, that's that's more of a 24 seven lifestyle kind of thing, yeah. From my understanding of it now. Again, that's not to say that everyone uses that term to that same degree. There's variation among all of these terms, but generally speaking, that's my understanding and has been my understanding as I learn more about it. Let me ask so, you this
0: because taking it back to that first experience and these guys that had these women kneeling next to them were explaining this stuff to you, were you at all disappointed when you heard like oh this isn't going to be about sex or was your play with your girlfriend before had led you to learn all this stuff so you knew that already or were you like oh i thought i was gonna come here and get some action do you know what i'm saying like i don't know if that's a dumb question
1: (laughs) no 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 it's not a dumb question at all and and to be fair one of the things that my first girlfriend and i did was pegging right and that was so that was kind of you know you know i didn't you know identify it as kink at the time or, or anything like that but Yes, I did think initially it was more about that, and you know that's not to say again that you don't see that. But if you go to a typical play party at a dungeon, it's not. I mean, there are most dungeons. There's not even sex-positive dungeons. Like there's sex-positive dungeons and non-sex-positive dungeons. So, oh, interesting. Like there's there are some dungeons where it's not even allowed, <laughs> and there are some where it is.
0: Oh, so sex-positive in that sense means it, sex can go on, or the ones Correct. that aren't sex-positive, it's no sex.
1: Correct. Oh, and okay. a lot of that has to do with the legality of how certain dungeons oh, right. operate yeah, that from a makes business sense. perspective. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a, I'm also a jurist, but that's, that's another topic. Oh my another God, we
0: have for... so much. Yeah. Go back to your yeah. your first experience because I feel like we're going to have so much and I could take you off into totally different topics and am are going to let you mm-hmm. just tell your story. So yeah, you're at I that hope, first, hope we can... we'll, we'll get it. If not, you call back. But so that first experience, keep going. Now, what happened that night?
1: Sure. So they called me over and they were having a, it initially started out with a conversation. They were explaining to me, you know, some of the different protocols and, that they put in place and their submissives know to do and what they've been trained to do, et cetera. And the important thing to, to, again, to overlay all of this is, mm-hmm. this is all consensual. <laughs> that's all I know, that's please. the most important part of all of this yes. to, to understand, mm-hmm. you know, all of this is a negotiated thing between two adults. So in any event, like, you know, the protocol associated with how submissive is supposed to look in a certain situation or act in a certain situation, how a dominant is supposed to act in a certain situation. The rules are not just one-sided, you know, the, the expectations are the same and the ability to determine what those expectations are between two people and and no two dynamics are the same, which is an important thing to, to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. What you're saying is that just because a sub is a sub doesn't mean that they get less uh, say in what the fuck is happening. I mean, it's equal say there, but they're just deciding to be the sub, but they're not subs in negotiating.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I would argue that it's actually the power dynamic in a B and a DS relationship really lies more with the submissive than the dominant interesting From my perspective mm-hmm. yeah I, I wouldn't be you know, largely I mean I think that there's this is a, a hotly debated thing in the community and I am have a particular viewpoint on it because I started out as a submissive not as a dominant
0: yeah because so, you like to be pegged that's the that's more of a submissive role, correct
1: well. Well, oh, okay. no I, I, yeah, no, I can't see that. See, right there, that's, that's that's the stigma. Yeah. See, and and the truth is, that's not true at all. Okay. And it's portrayed in modern porn in a very. Oh right, that's what makes
0: know, people be like, no, not for me, no fucking way. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's not
1: that that is that is the biggest problem associated with that particular practice because yeah, you're right. That doesn't. Yeah, that does not have to be that way at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has nothing to do with one's masculinity. Yeah. I mean, it can, there are people who, who, who enjoy that type of play, yeah. but that is one specific type of play that has sort of been, you know, uh, you know, Put co-opted by mainstream yeah. porn.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah you're so, right. Yeah. And I I just fell into it. I mean, look at what I just said. That's mm-hmm. exactly, you know, proving your point.
1: Yep. Yeah. And that's, and there, and that area lies the problem. And yeah. Really the, the, the major, the main issue with that is that man work. We're, we're getting, we're getting so, I'm trying to stay focused, but it's okay. yeah, this is a good thread. It's already difficult enough to overcome certain aspects of toxic masculinity as a guy, and the re- the simple truth is that as a cis man, I've seen this play out in in a lot of different ways before. If you design a, if you talk about a particular type of sexual act as a threat to one's identity as a man, mm-hmm. then you're actually the real the victim. There is the victims there are all the other guys who are missing out on the tremendous wealth of pleasure and understanding right. associated with that practice. Mm-hmm. And and furthermore, yeah. on the on the cis female side of it, one of the ma- one of the most important, I think, psychological aspects or positive relationships aspects of pegging, which, you know, you can even debate the need to call it that. Yeah. But is the fact that it allows, man, you know, that that role reversal yeah. allows you to understand what your partner goes through,
0: oh, yeah, it makes interesting. you
1: a better lover. It makes mm-hmm. you a better partner. It makes you more sympathetic and empathetic to how your partner feels, and it makes you better in the bedroom. It just does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's no question about it. So that's the it, it's that breaking down this stigma. Even if it's not something that a guy wants to continue or explore for the rest of his of his life, there's so many positive benefits to this practice, both from a relationship perspective, from a from an intimacy perspective, from You know, understanding that, you know, hyper masculinity doesn't have to be, you know, the way it is. The fact is every person, male, female, whoever they identify, you know, they both have masculine and feminine energies in them. Totally. To completely deny one side of it is hugely detrimental Mm -hmm. to who someone is, I think.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Mm hmm.
1: And now I forget exactly where we were, but No, I, that's okay. I we were still out here for
0: No, I love it. stuff like this that you're talking about and is really what you wanted to come on the show for. I like to get the personal stuff, but I know that you are very bigger picture. You do want to change the stigma around it i like to get your personal stats and stuff but you you speaking on all this stuff i think is super interesting as well because you really know what the fuck you're talking about you've already made me see things in a totally different way you know what i mean that's what it's about
1: i love to teach i love to educate i've I've been a you know teacher in the community now for several years i started when i was 19 when that first story i was i was 19 at the time oh wow In Uh my early my mid-30s now so Uh i started young which is why i have the experience i do and you know i teach at conventions in certain places around the country and i try my best to always learn as much as i can Uh so i can try and spread you know the gospel of kink to the best of my ability and really free people because a lot of these stigmas are really just prisons Mm-hmm. They're prisons for people and again you can choose to stay there if you want. Everyone has bodily autonomy. So,
0: yeah. You know, this
1: is no this is no disrespect intended to anyone who doesn't feel like any of these things are for them. Yeah. But we're only promised this moment right now, if you think about it. I mean, you can for me it, it also connects to mindfulness, it connects to you know understanding more of who I am as a person. And I think it has made me a more empathetic human being across the board just in general, my kink journey in general, you know, let alone specifically, you know, the practice of pegging, but I do a lot of different things within the king community. So back to that story, just to kind of close that out, that Mm -hmm. thread out after shortly after, you know, the the general discussion was over and, you know, the gentleman I was speaking to, I feel as though he, he must've saw that I still wasn't quite understanding. Yeah. So he did something this next thing that happened just, just totally shocked me at the time. I still kind of remember that kind of like gas feeling I had. So he he's like he basically was like watch. So he turned to you know the woman who was he was kneeling to his left, I believe, at that mm-hmm. time. And um he made a gesture and she like looked up but she wasn't she looked up but she wasn't looking at him she was kind of like looking past him and he's like he basically was like watch he took his hand his open hand and just slapped her right across the face
0: right
1: and i was like i, I was like what the hell like i was like I just freaking out I was, like what the hell just happened like what did you do like i was like so shocked i didn't even know what to say but what happened next shocked me even more <laughs> Uh-huh. I was I was expecting her to to get up and start you know pummeling this guy. Yeah. She started shaking and then had an orgasm and squirted all over the floor.
0: Wow. <laughs> From the slap.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. And I was like, I was, I was at this point I'm like my brain is like you know is totally exploded. Parts of my brain are like all over the place. I'm like yeah. what is going on? Yeah. What is happening? And at that moment I I kind of did like I mean I'm a huge Marvel nerd too so. I kind of did like the Doctor Strange thing from the first movie, like teach me everything you know kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, help me to understand what this is. And in my time since then, I've been in situations where I have caused the same thing to happen now, and I understand what it takes to to wield that kind of that kind of power. Yeah, and it's a tremendous sense of internal awareness. It's a tremendous empathy for your partner and who you're playing with and understanding them and, and what turns them on and what it just really getting into the, their mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm only speaking you know, in this particular case, I'm speaking in the context of cis women, but yeah, it would be the same across the board. And I think that's, that's the coolest thing about all of this is like, when it's like, you know, when I think about it full circle now, like seeing that sort of power exchange and what it's capable of doing and then being able to wield it yourself, it's a tremendous responsibility too. I don't want I don't want to gloss over that in any way. You know, being a a dominant or submissive, it takes a tremendous degree of strength. It takes a tremendous degree of trust. And I think vanilla relationships, because I've had both, can learn a lot from kink relationships in the sense that the emphasis on consent and open communication and trust is much greater in a BDSM context than what I've experienced in, you know, non-BDSM relationships. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a lot of important stuff there that can be shared with some of our less kinky brothers sisters or however people <laughs> Right,
0: some of the people listening yeah mm-hmm. so
1: it's really i think that's a super important thing to to address i mean yeah i, I hope my hope is that someone anyone listening to me just has an opportunity you know i hope i hope this breaks down a barrier for, for if this breaks down a barrier for one person and allows them to say you know what this is okay or it's okay to try this or at least it's okay to explore this or at least start to break down any barriers that may exist within them, then that's a win and it's worth it.
0: Um, what do you say to the why? person that's like, oh, I'm not into BDSM, I don't want that, but maybe maybe they secretly have always wanted to try pegging or maybe they've been having a little ass play on the DL but themselves, or their girl wants to try it and they're like, no way. How do you get people to open their minds to pegging and specifically? specifically? I-
1: Sure. I think the important thing to note, the most important thing to note about that conversation, and if I may reframe it a little bit, yeah, there is. It's not about getting someone to open up.
0: Uh-huh. I know
1: that that's a common, I, you know, I know that that's a common thing, and you know, it's like, hey, I, I'm interested in this one thing. My partner may not be. It's so important to understand this concept because I think it happens because in, in no in no small way, if this is played the wrong way, it could lead to abuse in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to make the distinction that it's not about you opening up someone else's mind. It's about them opening up their mind. Yeah. You, you can't force someone or push someone into opening up their mind on anything when it comes to this stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of people try because, hey, I have an interest. Or they might not know how to communicate it, or they might communicate it poorly. So, I know I've, I've kind of just. But how do you? There. But
0: okay, but what is? Since you teach and you educate, can you teach somebody who has a partner, or you only can teach someone who is the person and open up their mind? Do you, you know, what's it? To,
1: I think you can. I think it's about. I think it's about presenting the facts. Yeah. And allowing, like anything else, is you can present. I can't teach anyone anything. I provide information and people choose whether to assimilate it or not. Yeah. So having an open conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, for one thing, the evidence specifically as it relates to pegging is far more in favor of doing it than not doing it. There are a lot more positive benefits to it than not.
0: Okay. I want to hear those. Okay. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll be happy to go into that. Yeah. But the social that, but also it's about empathy and recognizing that that social stigma does exist and it is real, and that generally speaking, in this case, uh, unfortunately, cis men are generally taught not to be in touch with their emotions. Number one, and not to communicate their emotions. Number two, or we're almost punished for it. Yeah, growing up. Oh yeah. So this so to an- the answer to your question involves breaking down a much larger societal system of frankly emotional oppression. of of, of cis men really Uh Uh so on an individualized basis the general advice would be this and you have to know your partner you have to really understand and and, but it all starts with the communication piece of it you know it's like any other desire any other whether it's kink related or non-kink related you have a conversation you say listen i'm interested in this and this is why is this something that you're open to me talking with you about and learning about and if the person says yes then great if they say no Well, and that's where, and here's where things start to get interesting. So, and and again, this is just my opinion. Yeah. Sexual compatibility is something that is extremely important in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think the, Major issue that we head into as a society, especially on the vanilla side of relationships, is sex is not talked about as openly and honestly upfront as it should be. Yeah, sexual compatibility is a deal breaker that just as much as whether people want to have kids or not is a deal breaker. And it is, and I think it is almost. I mean, I said I can only speak to my experience, but you know, I have these open conversations when I go on first dates with people. Yeah, and a lot of women are taken aback by it, Mm -hmm. and. I'm, and that's good because you weeding people someone, out. Yeah. Yeah. If someone can't, if someone is not comfortable talking about that stuff up front, if you know that you are kinky. Yeah. If you are, and again, for lack of a better term, I wouldn't even argue that pegging is necessarily kinky. Yeah. Because it's really just, it, it's really the same type of penetrative action that, you know, cis women deal with all the time. It's just with something that's not, I guess, real, for lack yeah. of a better term. Uh-huh. So, you know, and there's actually even a group of people that, you know, find the concept of calling it pegging sort of, it, you know, it's just sex, really, that's all it is. It's not even, you know, it, it's, you know, calling it something different, you know, even the, the moniker was designed to make it more, in my opinion, palatable to cis men. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're not getting, you're not getting fucked in the ass, you're getting pegged, don't worry about it, everything's fine.
0: <laughs> um, right, yeah.
1: You know, like, and uh, it's, and to be yeah. honest, like, you know. <laughs> so that
0: makes sense take it a little farther right. away from that yeah
1: right so i know i'm, I'm kind of going feel free to bring me back but
0: let, let me ask you this what are the pegging benefits let's really get people to try pegging let's get some absolutely. guys to go home tonight and be like okay fucking peg me
1: <laughs> absolutely yeah. so first thing i'll say about that is that's probably you're probably <laughs> not going to start out with actually getting pegged just because and, and, and this is a I think this is here's a general public service announcement. Yeah. To, all, yeah,
0: yeah, to, all yeah. cis,
1: to all cis males,
0: yeah, do the and PSA. Most people
1: probably know this. Yeah, yeah. And most people probably know this, but anal sex is not the same thing as vaginal sex. Mm-hmm. You cannot just you cannot just put it in there. I um,
0: know because I how, was I was always it into it, and I but I was. A controlling bitch that knew how to like I worked it you know what I mean I took it in my hand and and I made sure I guided it in according to how I felt and I always felt like that was the way you had to do it because if the other person on the other end doesn't know anything of what it feels like you know they just think oh just put it in like ah ah that is the worst thing And that's why so many people are so anti it because somebody did that to them and so they're like oh that sucked but if you do it properly it's amazing
1: yeah, exactly. And sexual education in this country is piss poor for a number of reasons. But yeah, that's the other. So, so to, to answer, to to not get too far off topic, because I could literally talk about this for hours. Yeah. To answer your question more specifically, I think I'll appeal to, I'll appeal to pleasure first. Yeah. First and foremost, I mean, I think, I mean, at this point, it's probably common knowledge among most men. But in the event that it isn't, the male G spot is in the butt. That's where it is. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. If you have ever experienced a orgasm during prostate stimulation while the prostate is being stimulated it is and you know individual results will vary yeah but for one thing you know having a coming during what with prostate stimulation happening is at least five for me personally at least five to seven times more powerful yeah it's it's an orgasm that you will never forget Mm -hmm. and you will probably never want to not have again it's like you it's almost like opening pandora's box in a way it's like Uh once you do you realize hey i've been missing out on a crazy amount of pleasure for all of my life and so the number one is that i think i'll I'll appeal to pleasure first it is it just fucking feels good it just feels really really good but it's important to to recognize that you know it requires a degree of self-awareness and and again this is another really important thing it requires you as the person who's on the receiving end to communicate what you're feeling how you're feeling it, you have to help your partner. Yeah. Especially if they're not new to it, if, if they're new to it and they don't fully understand how it works, you know, and you, and it also, it's just, it's just such a great thing. Role reversal in general is just such a great thing. I, and I hate even calling it role reversal because I hate traditional gender roles and, and things of that nature. But, you know, for the purposes of this, it's, it's an appropriate statement. It just teaches you how the other half lives. And yeah. if you know how the other half lives, it, it makes you a much better partner, and it's not just on the guy's side; it's also on the on you know the you know, cis for cis women. Mm-hmm. A lot of women don't understand how much energy and how much pressure there is to perform in the bedroom when you're when you're actually doing the penetrating. Yeah, it's it's actually a very stressful thing uh, at, at times, um, and it just it just helps on so many levels psychologically. So pleasure, number one, number one benefit. There's also a, there's also a degree of health benefit associated with this.
0: Really, what's that?
1: Yes, well, for one thing. And again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that this, you know, um, You're not a doctor. Substitute, yeah. yeah. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a physician. <laughs> okay, don't worry. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just a You're giving dude, unprofessional
0: so. advice. Okay. That's what <laughs> exactly. we do here. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, but what I will say is that, you know, and while this is certainly not a regular substitute for, you know, getting prostate exams or, or prostate screening for that kind of stuff, if you know your body, huh? you can feel differences in your body and your partner can feel differences in your body. So, in a way like for example if you if there was something weird going on down there and then first of all i think i think medically prostate examinations are actually not even super accurate at detecting this but the simple truth is if you're more in tune with your body and what's going on down there if something's wrong you're more likely to, to go to the doctor and say hey this is what's happening what, what's right, going you're on navigating
0: there? that area instead exactly. of just like not there at all ever mm-hmm. that hey, makes exactly. sense okay
1: so it's it's again it's just about awareness i mean so much you know, just like anything else, like the most, the Reactive. person who's most interested in yeah. your success and survival is you, right? Yeah. And you have to be the one to know how your body works. Right. So there's, and there's also, that's, yeah. And there's also, I said, you know, regular prostate stimulation actually is good for the prostate. Mm-hmm. And then medically, I think it's good. Also, another reason it's just anecdotally, um, the male prostate gets larger as you get older. Oh, really? Um, yep, it does. Um, so,
0: so does that make better orgasms get, that way?
1: So, uh, from a from a just from a service area standpoint, yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. I think that's part. I think that's why it tends to be something that I think that in conjunction with just getting older and, and just giving a, giving less fucks about what other people think, yeah. But you know, it does tend to get uh, you know get more pleasurable. You know, I think as it gets larger over time, and I've actually noted a, a bit of a difference in myself. Anyway, back to benefits. So I think I think health wise medically, I think there's a benefit there too. I would also say that you know, psychologically, you know, in terms of, you know, how we are as partners in relationships, I think it allows us to be vulnerable in ways that we're not allowed to be vulnerable. We're we're taught we're not supposed to be vulnerable. Yeah. And the simple fact is men accepting that, you know, feminine, for lack of a better term, you know, feminine energy is a part of them will only make us stronger as a society. It will only make us better lovers as partners. It does not mean that we are not men. What about us criminals? Uh,
0: okay, because I'm sorry, but like why do you think more men fucking rape and murder and all this fucking shit? It's because where do they put their fucking emotions? Nowhere. They have no place for it. I mean, why Why do you think women aren't doing those things? Because we get to be nutty on a daily basis. Yeah. We don't have to shut I it down.
1: Also... Yeah, yes. And and here's it and here's a yes. I, I appreciate you suggesting that and here's a larger. Yeah, you know, I, I hope it's not controversial but it could be a potentially controversial Who cares? statement Go but on the, say sim- it. <laughs> the simple fact is the yeah. simple fact is this. Women cis women have a tremendous amount of support systems out there for mental health. Yeah. They do. Yeah, I I would say it's almost of- exclusively it-
0: yeah, but let's break down the stigma for the guys. Let's talk to this six guys, or and the person of color who's very anti it because of what it What do you? Let's use the the ending, the next fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. You know, to talk about that and to talk to that person and help them.
1: So here's here's what I'll say. As someone, as a cis male who enjoys pegging and, and being pegged, I do not want a man to do that to me. Right. <laughs> like in in the simplest terms. I'm not attra- I'm not any more attracted to men because,
0: because you of like my
1: interest yeah 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 in pegging it, mm-hmm. like it doesn't change that yeah. at all. Yeah. What it does do though, it does help me to empathize more with gay, you know, you know, homosexual male relationships. It helps me em- it helps me understand more. Interesting. be more empathetic. Mm-hmm. But but it doesn't ma- it doesn't does change my attraction. Yes. Yeah, it hasn't doesn't hasn't changed who I'm attracted to. Yeah. But it does. But for example, I you know, I there was a time when I had some some prejudice that I had to shed as well. Mm-hmm. And it is no longer there. And I think a lot of it has to do with that. Honestly, it's that acceptance. It's that recognition that, hey, you know, like this is you're taught certain things growing up and you don't even realize it. So so just to go out there, it won. It does not change your sexuality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It may reveal it, though. Yeah, it's important.
0: That's a good so distinction. Thing. It yeah. may
1: reveal it. And and that's the thing. So, right, but
0: it won't create something that wasn't there. So if it comes correct, up it and can't. you're all of a sudden you're fucking gay because you've been being, then you were. It's, right. It just helped you to find out who you really were.
1: Right. Yeah. So worst case scenario. You're going to yeah. find out who you really are. Yeah. And that's exceptions case case for scenario. yourself. Uh-huh. Okay. So worst case scenario, you're going to find <laughs> out who you really are. Yeah. And and, and and I shouldn't even, it's even wrong to even say it like that because, again, anal sex is not a specifically hetero uh, homosexual male thing. Right. It's not. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. No, know? I love anal. Um and I'm not yeah, even a exactly. guy. So what so, does that
0: mean? Yeah, yeah it just
1: exactly. Yeah. It's great. And it's, it's a great thing across the board. There's there's more nerve endings there than almost anywhere else in your body, Completely. Uh, even when you don't consider the prostate. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a pleasurable fucking thing. And so, again, so that's an important, important distinction, I think, to make. I think psychologically, you know, like speaking to the psychological piece of it, I don't think there's an easy way. You, you just have to be willing to give it a try and see
0: can you give people tips on how to go about their first experience do you talk about that kind of stuff like physically you know
1: yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. i I think that the first thing that that comes down to is do you want see i i started out doing that stuff with a partner with someone who wants to do it to me i think it might be much safer and much more approachable for most guys who Mm -hmm. might feel concerned you can try it on your own. There are toys, specific toys that are designed for it. There are, I mean, if you go on any, any sex shop, anything like that, there's there's a, there's a plethora of prostate massaging toys available now to kind of understand what it is. And also there's plenty of the good videos out there. Kink University has an excellent, excellent video on pegging. I think Aiden Starr is the, is the, is the performer with another another guy where they go, it's a tutorial that goes through at 101. Oh, from the most basic stuff all the way through. Uh-huh. Um, I think you have to pay for that subscription to watch it, but it's like an hour and a half long and it goes through everything you need to know. It's a very, very informative and instructional video. And if you're concerned about how your partner might perceive it, you can certainly try it out on your own. You can do the research. You can. And there's, there's stuff out there you can figure it out. Now, I would argue it feels better when someone else is doing it. I think it does because it allows you to kind of just relax. Yeah, I think that's really important. There's an understanding of, you know, obviously there are some there are some hygienic issues that are different with anal play that you have to be aware of and cho- the choice of the proper type of lubricant also. That's a whole another that's a whole another section <laughs> that we can go into. Yeah. But in short, just start small, start slow, make sure you're turned on and do your best to relax. Those are the those are the things I would say to start out with. Right. And that's applicable for anyone who's getting into anal point, really
0: and turned um, on. I feel like, you know, the more turned on you are, the more you like physically relax and exactly. open up, you know, I mean, your body relaxing is, happens the more turned on you are. Correct. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Now here's, you know, again, and this, I'll touch on this, but the reality is this, this is a whole another conversation, but specifically as it relates to, to POCs and one thing I'm really happy to see is that it seems like across the board, there seems to be a, a, a more broad acceptance of people of color as it relates to kink, pegging, that kind of, every, really everything. Yeah. Because there's an additional layer of stigma and prejudice that has to be overcome mm-hmm. because of the historical treatment of, you know, uh, people of color in this yeah. country, uh, you know, during slavery and everything like that. And how there was, you know, literally homosexuality was used as a punishment for enslaved Africans. So there's a, there's a strong, there's, there's a stronger degree of, there's an extra, a whole other level of of, of pain that has to be processed there. Yeah. But the thing is, this, you know, and, and I think for me, this is the most important thing that I, I could say to POCs out there, specif- specifically cis males. There are so much, there's so much pain that being a person of color puts on you in this country that this country still puts on us to this day mm-hmm. there's no reason to limit the pleasure that we can receive simply because of the historical precedent right and it's almost like by continuing these stereotypes these in this day and age we are essentially Perpetuating keeping those ideas it, yeah. mm-hmm. those ideas from slavery alive
0: right <laughs> Take back um, the power and, or change the story by. Exactly. Yeah. It's just uh-huh. like, it's
1: just like, it's just like the N word. We've took it back. Like you can yeah. do that with anything. Yeah. And there's no reason why people of color shouldn't experience all this pleasure simply because of that kind of stigma, in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's how i what I'll, what I'll say there. Um, Like I said, you know, there are resources are out there. It's far more mainstream than it ever was. There's a you know, particular, like there's a, on Twitter too, there's a lot of different, you know, pegging blogs and well, what about
0: you I mean let's just promote you a little bit do you have like I don't even know like I mean you didn't come to me I don't remember you coming to me as an expert that wanted to promote anything but do you have anything to promote or like can people do you have a blog do you have a website do you have classes somewhere that people could take
1: so I haven't actually done classes on pegging actually this is more of a private activity Okay, and, and I, I did come on more just to be a general No, I could tell. Um, I could
0: tell. I hate when I have those um, fucking experts on that they're like on a script and they're just, because they're just selling shit. What I love about this conversation, you're like an expert, but. You really are, you haven't monetized it yet. You're really coming from the right place. I mean, you really are just educating because you feel passionate about it. And it's so obvious because you're giving out all the information. Whereas sometimes when you have on these experts that are selling something, they don't give you anything. They're not going to give you what they have because they want to sell it to you. That's why this is so meaty of a conversation. But I would love to, if you do, I mean, do you want to give out an e- Like, How do people find you if they want to talk to you more about this?
1: So there's a, there's a couple of, i guess the first thing i would say is for any viewers who aren't familiar with fetlife.com you can i'm on there i'd be happy to provide Uh the handle on there it's it's actually Yannis 0704 and i realize i'm kind of oh Yannis. i called you
0: janice Yannis j-a-n-u-s 0704 0704 Um, i'll put that in the description Uh uh-huh
1: yep um and uh, in terms of that, I'm, I'm happy to, always happy to have people reach out there, you know, with legitimate questions. It's a pretty safe website for that. I think, you know, like what I actually teach in the community is, is, you know, more whips, dragon tail, impact play, that kind of stuff. That's what I teach officially. Yeah. But, you know, I, I definitely have a wealth of knowledge about other things too. And I'm always willing to talk to people and I'm actually, due to this conversation, I'm going to think about maybe finding a way to connect with more people if they do yeah. have questions and that you, you know, should. I'd, I'd love your help with that because yeah. uh, i really want to be of greater service also check out if, if you're on twitter there's a particular couple on there that i i love them because they the type of pegging that they do is not the tropey sort of porn sissification kind of pegging it's yeah, it yeah. shows that like it can be a loving sensual activity it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to challenge one's masculinity necessarily. So you could check out Cosmic Broccoli on Twitter. Um, Cosmic Broccoli?
0: I, oh my God, what a yep. name!
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, they're they're awesome, and uh, you know they're they're uh, they're actually personal friends of mine. They're they're really great, the two of them. There we go. Like they're on Pornhub too and other places, but they also have an OnlyFans. I think that's I think that's probably the best way to go. Okay. To go to their OnlyFans. Here you go. It's at Cosmic Broccoli. On OnlyFans, okay, uh, I you know, I can't if, link to
0: OnlyFans, but I'll put their names. So Cosmic Broccoli, they're like a good couple that like breaks that stigma, or it it's showing it in a different way
1: exactly it's mm-hmm. it's just it's you know like there's a they have a couple of videos there where they do like the more tro- like traditional kind of stuff but yeah. it's just a very it's a very different take on it than you'd see and I'm like you know it's a traditional torn site and it's becoming more and more mainstream and I think it's important and I'm glad to see it I'm glad to see it increasing among POCs and and other groups as well and and I just hope that society in general is moving towards a place where we can be who we are without as much judgment and Me to the too. extent that I can be a support of that, yeah. I'm always going to be here for that. Uh,
0: you know, I'm so glad that I have you call in. A lot of times I like just like the real personal stories. I don't like to talk bigger picture, but I think every now and then it's okay to do it. And and I'm glad that I gave it a shot with you because like I said, this was super smart, open, easy conversation. You weren't selling something so that it wasn't like you're sticking a script and not giving out information. I love that we were all over the place and talked on a lot of things and I'll definitely have you back on. Thanks, Yanis. Thanks for calling in. Okay. It was great.
1: Thank you so much. Bye. bye. Bye.
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you want to follow the show, follow me at strict anonymous on Instagram or Twitter. That's at strict anonymous.